Hello and welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast. This is episode 38 and today we're talking about Home Assistant version 0.82 and with us today I've got Phil as usual. Hey Phil. Good morning, how are you? Good, good. And uh, we also have Magnus with us today as well. Hey Magnus. Hi. Where in the world are you from, Magnus? I'm from Sweden, right between the lakes in Sweden. Oh, excellent. A little place called it's called fall shipping. Oh, cool. Not our first Swede on the show, so good to see more representation from Sweden as well. Yeah, That's right. And welcome. Thank you. So we've got some cool stuff to talk about. Hacktoberfest. So Hacktoberfest is now over. We're now into November, and we have 953 poll requests merged. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. like It's just massive. I know. I've never, see, I've never seen something like that before. It's... That, that was great. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. And, uh, and and I think so a lot of those we, I mean, we've covered in the past. And uh, so now we're on to uh, 0.82. Some new features, uh, as usual. And I think the biggest one in this release is the new TensorFlow image processing component. TensorFlow allows you to detect and recognize objects which are on your camera image. So, for example, you may have a a human or you may have some keys or anything like that. So you can detect, I'm guessing you would uh, teach the system how to detect those on the image. Then uh, you can now expose that information to Home Assistant. So the state of the entity would be the number of objects that are detected on the camera. So if you've taught the system how to uh, recognize a face and it can tell you, all right, there are two faces on this camera. So this is really cool, and I believe it's all local as well. Yeah, there is. Uh, I actually saw a a while ago. There's a, a university project that somebody had done with uh, with TensorFlow just to detect a whole bunch of different pieces, and and it was actually really interesting. So uh, that's actually really exciting because that's uh, TensorFlow is starting to get into that kind of. I know it's kind of buzzwordy, but the whole AI, machine learning, mm. like all all of that kind of uh, thing, right? I, I mean, I don't know if it's full scale, hey, this is full blown machine learning and so on and so forth. I mean, if it's especially if it's sitting on a small server somewhere, I mean you're probably not going to be able to do a ton, but that's actually very cool. Is that an online service or is it a no it's not local, it's online. Oh it is online, there you go. Yeah, so it, it it's pretty neat. Also, uh, on the Z-Wave front, uh, we've now got the barrier class supported. For those of you that have like garage door openers or such that use the Z-Wave barrier class, you can now link it with Home Assistant. So the barrier class has been available for uh, Open Z-Wave as uh, I think it's an open pull request on the official repository. It just hasn't been merged yet for, right. for whatever reason. The Open Z-Wave developers have said, look, it's not ready. So the home assistant guys have said, look, we're going to, we want it ready now. We're going to fork it and away they go. So now, uh, previously, if you wanted to use the barrier class with home assistant, you had to fork your own version of open right. Z-Wave and then splice it into home assistant. You no longer need to do any of that. So it's all out of the box, ready to go. Yeah. Great. The BT smart home hub router has now got support for device trackers. As you connect your mobile phone or any other devices to that router, it can now be picked up as being marked as home or away. Very cool. Also, another weather platform. So Meteo France, which is the French, uh, I guess, meteorological network, now has a component for current weather and and kind of your rain forecast and such. I'm uh, really impressed with your pronunciation of that. I guess that's because you're <laughs> Canadian, so. That's right. 
That's that's my grade uh, grade four French showing right there. Uh, support for Wemo humidifiers is now available, and it also uh, includes support for the Home's smart humidifier as well. Uh, I didn't even know Wemo made humidifiers before these release notes. So if you're in a country that has those Wemo humidifiers, they're now supported in Home Assistant. Yeah, so they so Home's basically OEMs. Uh, I don't know if they OEM Wemo, but they they basically use uh, they have a partnership with Wemo. Right. To uh to essentially bring that capability uh to be able to use the Wemo app and such. So uh, I guess I guess by that logic, it's we're using the same uh, same pieces to pull pull the information off the mm. for the humidifier to turn on off so on and so forth. Yep. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So also the Green Eye monitor integration. So. I, I had to look this up to figure out what it actually was. So basically, they're another, they're a monitoring, I want to say application, but I believe there's hardware associated with it as well uh, for things like temperature monitoring, electricity, power, gas, water, like all of those different kind of uh, pieces. Essentially, I guess in this case, you would add the green eye monitor and, and all of your different sensors would come in, including your temperature sensors and pulse counters and so on and so forth. So oh, that's pretty nice. interesting. And and you can use use those values and automations and such now too. So some breaking changes in this release: uh, Mailgun, Twilio, and the Dialogflow platforms have been changed to use the new Home Assistant webhooks components. This means Home Assistant will now generate unique URLs, which uh, these services will need to call. So before you go ahead and hit the upgrade button, just check the documentation for those platforms, as you may need to reconfigure those URLs for to communicate back with Home Assistant. Cool. Yeah, webhooks are kind of the way of the future, I guess, now. So Yeah, exactly. So Vera, so if you use Vera today, uh, the climate platform will actually report a little bit differently from states. So essentially, they're they're switching over for it to use standardized climate states rather than one specific for Vera. So again, this goes back to uh, kind of standardization, making sure all components act like all other components, right? So it increases the reusability of the components and so on and so forth. At the end of the day, that means, I mean, to some extent, that means Home Assistant gets leaner uh, as an as an application and uh, hopefully performs better as well. So I think I saw in one of the pull request comments, uh, maybe, maybe it was for this platform as well or a different one, that if, you know, Home Assistant has their, their standards now because... Uh, of things like you know being able to communicate with those third parties like the Amazon Echo and Google Home, for example. So I think one of the problems with uh, which this issue is addressing is that Vera was saying, "Hey, you know, I'm in this mode," and then Home Assistant was sending that to the Amazon Echo or Google Home, but not sending the correct value because it didn't really know how to translate that. So now with the standard approach, you know, everything it doesn't matter if you're adding Vera or a, a anything else, it will just uh, report the same information back to those third parties and yeah, make the integration a bit more tighter. Yeah. And, and, and again, that's, that's big, right? Just, you don't want one thing operating one way and, uh, you know, another similar platform, maybe a competitive platform or something working some, working another way, right? So this way, at least there's standardizations uh, around this. So I, I, I think that's great. And, and, and again, at the end of the day, you know, the information that's being reported is correct. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Sense Energy Monitor now has binary sensors, so watch out for any changes to your entity IDs if you pull in this update. They, they may be additional binary sensors or they may just 
replace existing sensors. So watch out for that. And pollen.com gets some more accuracy. So I guess in the past, uh, the way they the way they kind of forecasted historical historical or the way they calculated historical uh, trends were basically looking at a couple of data point data points and saying, okay, I guess the slope looks like this. So it's not super accurate. Uh, so in this case, there's a lot more data points, which now have a lot more accuracy. So that's great. Um, yeah. so because of that, there, there is a breaking change. Um, I guess it, it won't really give you a flat value anymore. So this is actually using a numpy driven method, which is the moving average. It's also used in the other trend sensors of home assistant as well. So good to see, uh, that numpy uh, being used as well in other places now. Yeah. Uh, some other noteworthy updates, and this one is for Lovelace. And this is a big one for Lovelace. They're getting ready to release it. So uh, if you've been using Lovelace and experimenting with it, it might soon become the uh, official UI for Home Assistant. There's a, uh, <laughs> and I like the this description in the release notes for this release, it is there is a super alpha release allowing you to change your Lovelace UI from the UI itself. So now you can go in and edit cards and all that. It requires you uh, to specify an ID in your YAML file for the Lovelace uh, card that you want to edit. And once you do that, you can then go in from Lovelace itself and click an edit button. And yeah, there's actually a screenshot in the release notes. So that's really cool and good to see that Lovelace is almost getting ready for release as well. Yeah, it sounds like that's a... You know, it's a kind of great step forward for those that use it, right? So on that note, kind of related, splitting Lovelace configs, the ability to do that has kind of been removed now. So you can still use secret and you can still use include and such, but you can't really do all of that with the front end editor. So you can't, yeah, you, you wouldn't be able to use them, I'm guessing, with the editor, which makes sense. You don't want to have your secret exposed while editing a Lovelace card. Yeah, so... Exactly. So you can use secret and stuff, but you can't split the config, right? Which uh, which, I think which is, makes sense yeah. because it reads it from one single file rather than a whole bunch. I think that so you can't use the uh, the directory merges and functions that were available yeah. in your config, but you can still use a single include. So if you do need to do that, you just won't be able yes. to edit it through the UI. Yes, exactly. And then at that point, you would be you'd be doing some manual edits on the file itself directly. Yeah. And we touched on this uh, before, but there's been some refactoring for the Amazon Echo Climate support. Uh, I've never been able to get the Amazon Echo Climate to work in my setup, so maybe this will fix that. But a few fixes in the release, which should allow you to do some voice control of climate devices. So if you're using the Home Assistant cloud with your Amazon Echoes and you have some climate devices linked with Home Assistant, just give that a try from this release. That's great. Magnus, it's, it's, it's all about you. I mean, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm, uh, I'm from Sweden, as I said, and uh, I'm, I'm working as a chief technical officer at a software engineering firm in uh, Sweden. It, it's called The Farm, The Farm Interactive. Oh, nice. But, uh, yep. That's cool. So, and I've been doing it for 10 years, and I've been hacking code since uh, 1988. I think something wow. like that. <laughs> so it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so are you primarily a, a Python developer or any other backend language that you use? Uh, no, oh, I, I I don't program that much at work anymore. But 
but uh, I started out with basic on my Commodore 64. Mm. So that's where nice. I'm from. And uh, then I've been hacking away with assembly and with C and C sharp and C plus oh, plus. Nice. I've done some PHP and I've done I don't know. I've I think I've almost touched any every language that I know <laughs> <laughs> of. Um, maybe not the like I I don't like those. Uh, it's like uh, math uh, language. Uh, oh yeah, those are, those are not my thing. But anyways, but Python is by far the best language, uh, in my opinion, for doing fast and uh, reliable work. It scales well and it's nice to work with. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah. So, how long have you been using Home Assistant? I think I started using it for like four, four and a half years. Okay, ago. wow. So you've been around for a fair bit then. Yeah, I I started developing. I I started with my own system because I needed something at home, uh, but soon realized that it was too big a task because I had a lot of work <laughs> to do. <laughs> so I didn't have the time, and then I I stumbled upon a Home Assistant by googling uh, Python Home Assistant, I think. Oh, nice. Like it, it was just a random Googling because I needed something written in Python. Yep. And then you, you, yep. yeah, you stumbled onto Home Assistant. Yep. That's great. So for, first uh, thing I did was, uh, I think it was the weblink component, I think. Okay. Yeah. How many? How many people uh, use your use your system or like use your smart home? I guess like in terms of you know any anybody you live with or, or any guests and this kind of things. Yeah, we are we are we are two adults and four children, and they oh, have okay. at least three or four friends each, and that regularly comes to the house. So we're about like oh, maybe twenty people, something. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. With friends. That's cool. Yep. So have you set up any children specific automations? Mm, some stuff like but it's not for me home automation should never get in the way so you should if they like even notice that I have done something I I tend to change it so they don't really understand that it's like automated. You want it to be in the so, background <laughs> and out of sight. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like when it rules everything like it for for them it's much mostly about lamps turning off and on and like uh, well in the morning they get some uh, nice freshly baked bread and stuff like that so yeah have you automated wow, the bread that's awesome yeah i did that <laughs> oh how did how did you do that yeah no it's it's not that hard actually they they sold these uh, like uh, baking machines. It was very popular a couple of years ago, and I hacked that one. <laughs> so oh, I put in awesome. an Arduino <laughs> and uh, started to play with it. So and it, actually, this is kind of stupid because I could do the same thing with the timers and stuff on the baking machine, but I wanted to be able to do them over the internet. So <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's actually really neat. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got that uh, set up in Home Assistant? Like, is there a little card in your UI that goes, all right, I want this flavor bread today, or I want it to be ready at this time, and you just click a button and it, and it gets automated? 
No. Uh, no. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I could do that. Yes. Uh, I can press a button or make an automation or script or anything. And I can, but I, uh, the only thing that I, uh, it does at this point uh, over Home Assistant, because I haven't had time to like play around with it. So it, at this point, it starts uh, baking bread. So I have fresh bread when I wake up. But uh, more than that, I haven't uh, played with it. So that's great. But, but I could set, I could set like what type and uh, yeah. Hey everyone, I just wanted to take a minute to talk about the Eufy Video Lock. It's a smart lock that's really easy to set up with just a Phillips screwdriver and no extra drilling. It's got a keyless entry, so you don't need to worry about fumbling with the keys when your hands are full. Also, you don't need to worry about handing out extra keys when you're in a pinch, your kids losing them, or people copying the key and passing it around to each other. Something else I like about the Eufy Video Lock is that it has a camera built in and it works as a doorbell as well. Personally, I think the Eufy Video Lock is great for apartments or cottages where you can't necessarily add extra holes for a video doorbell. My favorite part about it though is that there isn't a monthly fee and your recordings are locally stored, so you don't have to worry about someone else owning your doorbell data. You can find it on Amazon, or if you want to know more, search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. When you hacked the bread machine, I'm, I'm guessing you just uh, put a, an Arduino behind the, the on-off switch so that you could control it remotely. No, they, I put it in, in all of the buttons. Oh, <laughs> but I haven't uh, fixed it. I, I haven't awesome. fixed the code yet. It's, <laughs> the, the code is not ready. <laughs> so I'll ha- I'll have a tutorial up. <laughs> that's that's amazing. That that's actually very very cool. Yeah, it's, that's only on off buttons. So and they are like uh, analog buttons. So mm, it's not yeah. that hard actually. Yeah, that's neat. So 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 every day you wake up to the smell of fresh bread. That's yep. That's cool. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> and, and coffee <laughs> and coffee oh man yeah that's 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 the life yeah <laughs> did you do the same with your coffee machine or, no. or kettle no uh, that's just a telestick plug a next yeah smart yep. switch yeah right right so how long uh how long have you been doing this then uh well hacking away i think oh, i don't know all my life it feels like <laughs> this, is, this is just what i do i i some people collect cards, stuff like that, and I code and hack things. It's my that's what I do. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I I get that. When you how are you running Home Assistant? Are you using a, a Raspberry Pi or Hasio or Docker no, or anything? No, latest, latest, latest dev always, and uh, obviously a lot of uh, forks that I switch between. So, and it, and it's actually mm-hmm. up and in, in my. I use I don't separate the dev environment from my live environment so I I always like uh, if I test something I do it on the live environment just so I can uh, uh, see if anything is wrong you you like it living dangerously testing in production yeah. I like it <laughs> I was I, I was just going to say that no I don't feel I don't feel it danger because I, it's like this I everything that's automated I could do manually so i never like okay now i messed up something i can't turn on the lights that's that will never happen because i always have a manual override 
uh, everywhere. So, uh, so I don't feel that, that it's uh, dangerous in any way. The, the thing that I see is that I, I get to see the bugs that I've implemented into the system uh, <laughs> and then I can fix them. So if, if my system is working, probably the best guess is the most people's uh, using those components that I contribute to would work. And what sort of hardware are you using Home Assistant on? Do you have a, a, a like a, an automation, like a, a big server that you're running Home Assistant through? Yeah, I have a server rack with uh, a lot of stuff in, <laughs> a lot of nice little neat things. Yeah, yeah. a lot so, of power. So it's it yeah, it's running on high power uh, server rack. So so it's not it's not a it's no it's not a Raspberry. I do have <laughs> I do have four raspberries hooked up, but not to that thing. Yeah, very cool. So, do you use like Hue or LifeX or any uh, Z-Wave or Zigbee stuff, or like what kind of components do you use? Uh, Hue for lights, but I also have Telstick, uh, as I said before, mm-hmm. and uh, and I have um, let's see, uh, I have Melissa Climate. That's they have a whole system with uh, smart things but i implemented the the for for the heat uh, or uh, uh hvac i think the name okay. is mm, yeah i remember that that came out a few couple of releases ago we remember talking about it on the podcast yeah i listened to that <laughs> i was like oh they said it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no uh yes i and i just started working on the they have a bobby which is a, a water heater thingy, which you put on the water heater. So, so you can, it, it basically, it's just measuring temperature of uh, cold water that's going in and hot water that's going out. And it was uh, electrical uh, stuff like wattage and such. So, so it's not a real smart heater, but it, it works. You can set away mode and stuff like that. I'm yeah. working on it. And then I have... Nice. I have Xiaomi, so I have a, a vacuum cleaner, and I just bought a Ecobee, which I'm going to install in my other heater, uh, and yeah, so on. I have a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, and it's all integrated with Home Assistant, so that's even yep, better. It is. I I just uh, I had to remake all the system for the all my all my configuration for the like fifth time and uh, so now i'm using lovelace as well uh, but it took me cool. some while uh, I, it took me a while to to actually set it up because i i have let's see i have 12 flowers which i monitor <laughs> show me oh, and i have yeah yeah and then, then i separated all the rooms so that makes it a lot of tabs and um, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So just out of curiosity, on a personal note, when you're monitoring those plants, are you using the Xiaomi Gateway to report those, or are you using? I think there's. A, I'm, I'm using Plant Gateway, which is yep. uh, a Bluetooth to MQTT Gateway. Yeah, that's that's the way I do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the only thing that I found with this is that uh, because the the my Raspberry, which is uh, actually the Bluetooth device in this, is mounted behind my TV, and mm-hmm. every time I turn the TV off, it's stops recording the flowers and that oh, are you powering the raspberry from the tv yeah yeah, yeah so right. i have yeah. i have i have some 
free raspberries that I don't use at the moment. But the thing is that I don't have the time to set it up. So, <laughs> mm. and I, I, I feel like, should I put a raspberry just to monitor my plants? I'm not, I'm not into, I, I want to use like the things that I already have set up. Yeah. Right. But it's, uh, it's nice to see, uh, I can monitor the temperature of the house uh, for every room. And that's, that's nice. Yeah, I've got those with, because um, I've got a lot of uh, multi-sensors with Z-Wave. So they come with like the light level, the motion mm-hmm. sensor and the temperature. So it's really cool being able to see um, what parts of the, the house are, are warm and, and cold. Yeah, I'm, ho- I'm hoping for you. Because because you have uh, motion sensors as well, but we, I saw that there was a pull request for the uh, for the component, mm-hmm. uh, but but not to Home Assistant for the like library that yeah, uses. but it, but it hasn't been implemented yet into Home Assistant. But so do the Hue motion sensors also detect light level as well? Do they? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. Oh, that's be great. I have yeah. two, I think, or three, maybe. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That 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 makes sense because then they could say, okay, you know, when it gets dark, turn on the lights rather than turn it on at you know five forty-five or forty-five minutes before sunset. Yeah. Right. If it's super cloudy outside, then you can still turn on your lights and stuff. So that's that's great. I would I would like to like use Home Assistant for those. It's uh, yeah. Well, you can still capture those values, right? Yeah. Exactly. No, I don't know. I can't yet because the merge request hasn't. Uh, it's not yet. Done. Right. No. Another option would be to use something like uh, Zigbee to MQTT. I'm I'm not 100 yeah. sure if uh, they support the all the values of the Hue motion sensor, but if they did, you might be able to uh, grab a little USB Zigbee radio and then use that to get those values into Home Assistant over MQTT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the thing is that I in in the past I hacked uh, like uh, hardware hacked anything that I could get my hands on, but with current workload and keeping up with the, the things that I like to do, which is to actually write code, mm-hmm. I don't have the time to to fill around so much. So I tend to buy more and more like standard versions of everything and the, the latest thing i bought was the hue system and it's oh yeah and they could be but it's it's more like that's a finished system you don't have to do anything more than set it up push a button then you're done <laughs> and that's it and that's where a lot of the cost benefits come into it like sure hue can cost yeah. a, a bit more than some of the cheaper yeah. zigbee light bulbs out there but you are getting I think Hughes renowned like as the gold standard basically for how things should integrate yeah. with home automation and all that yeah. because it's it's very reliable. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's the trade off that you get. I've never had any problems at all. It it just works. It's yeah. that's so good. Yeah. But I must say that the the way that we uh, that we are proceeding with Home Assistant and stuff are, are turning out. I I think that. Uh, this approach with just push a button and then everything works is uh, slowly but surely coming into home assistance as well because um, 
the latest uh, stuff that's been done done with the discovery and so I, I i i really feel that we are on the right path here it's oh yeah it's going to be very easy for news yeah, i think so i i have heard this before even the software developers at my companies i like told someone that use home assistant yeah and uh, he went home and tried it really didn't appreciate the yaml files yeah. it was like this <laughs> this is uh, he he he's used to json that he knows json so he rather had them in that language well which i like or that markup I, which i think is not uh, that readable but in his <laughs> mind it was yeah so. i mean JSON and YAML are very similar. I think they're subsets of one another anyway, so yeah. I'm guessing this, you can just convert it between the two if you really had to. Yeah, but just the thing with Lovelace where I could edit the file, just go into the browser and reload. Like, how many times have I restarted Home mm-hmm. Assistant just to put in a group or just to, like, oh, no, spelling mistake in the yeah. In yeah. Some switch and... Stuff, yeah, and then you have to wait five minutes for the restart to happen, and yeah. all the entities to be rediscovered, and yeah, yeah, it it has been. I I think that the restarts has before they were a lot longer. So mm. I there, there's a lot of stuff that's been changed that actually makes the whole system a lot faster. But with Lovelace, it's uh, yeah, it's like night and day. It is, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. What are you using for presence detection in your house? I use OnTrax uh, mm-hmm. for my phone, but then apart from that, I have the Asus. The router. Yeah, which I, I trying to make async, and I'm having plans on integrating some uh, like switches for, for users in in the home assistant so i could turn off or throttle someone's internet usage based on device oh that's i'm not really sure that i yeah it's i have children as i said and they're yep. watching a lot of crap <laughs> <laughs> all night long and the the, uh, the asus router has some nifty nice uh, like uh, children monitoring mm. things which you can use but i can't stand logging into that system so i i really want to have it in home assistant and then i could start to automate it so like uh, if i know that someone has been watching netflix for two hours that's uh, that's two hours uh, which is one hour too many yeah and uh, maybe tell me that okay he's watching just netflix for three hours in straight row here do something so turn the tv off uh, (laughs) this is the reason where i'm because i i actually did a sensor now which is coming up in 0.83 i think Mm -hmm. which is download and upload for the asus wi-fi yeah 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 so so it's it's just for no it's for the internet connection so it's it's going to measure oh uh, how much uh, going through but that's overall so Mm. i don't know which device is using what I'm not sure how much I can really do, but if it, if it's in the front end system, I think that I probably managed to pull it out somehow. <laughs> Maybe I'm working on it, and then push it to Grafana and get some nice long term stats over it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, I have it set up uh, now, so it pushes to Grafana, and then it uh, I have that, and then I have speed test. Right. So I can see the both. Yeah, which kind of helpful actually. When I I'm I when I notice that the internet connection is slow, it's I I could like I can guarantee that it's a spike in the in the download. <laughs> yeah. Sensor. So helps to correlate, right? Yeah, exactly. I found that when we um, when we're trying to watch Netflix, that if I'm downloading too much, then we can't stream Netflix. So I have a sensor set up that uh, as soon as the Roku has the Netflix app open, it will then activate Turtle mode in a lot of my download clients, just to ensure that anything you know nothing's hogging the internet, so Netflix can get priority. Yeah, yeah, that's. That's a great way to to use it. I'm a bit yeah. of a statistic statistic nerd, so I I love uh, having all the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. Grafana is like I don't know, it's heaven. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So so, what are some of your uh, favorite autom- automations and stuff that you have set up already? Like um, like if you had to pick, like maybe your top one or two, what do you think that is? And how and how do they help you? Yeah, we talked about the morning routine. That's very helpful. Yeah, but then I yeah, and I have like when I leave my house, the vacuum goes on. That's very nice. And when I come right. home, it goes back to the dock. And then I have appliances like dishwasher and uh, washing machine and stuff. I actually I uh, stole that from you, Phil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you had it on your blog. I so did, I, yeah. I just, yeah, I modified it nice. a bit. Because I, I want to use alerts rather than using automations for everything. Yep. So I did some, some customization, but that was nice. Uh, and then I, I have a, a wish list, but I'm, I'm, I, I haven't gone around to fixing that one yet. So I live in Sweden. We need to change tires like two yep. times a year. Yes, and uh, yeah, and I'm 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 a pretty busy guy, so I have a lot of things going on, and I never seem to get around to like you need to do this now. Uh, so I, I'm thinking about doing a, a a thing where I like okay, it's going to snow in two days. It's going to snow, so now you have to uh, change your tires. Well, book in the calendar. <laughs> for like one hour where okay now you have to change your tires because i could read the whole uh, google calendar and then i could like like fit it in somewhere <laughs> you could yeah i, I guess that would, you could automate that somehow yeah yeah it, it could be done with the if uh, if yes yeah yeah you could do it but uh, i haven't i haven't gotten around to it i want it could you just do like a a recurring event the same time every year just you know put in two events at the same time each year yeah but the thing is my schedule is kind of very hectic schedule so if i Mm -hmm. do that there will probably be a customer that wants that time from me so so it's better to have them like ad hoc like uh, say two days in advance then I know that I'm actually going to maybe be free that time. Mm. But, right, but right. For, me, for, for me to book a, a year in advance is like, 
nope. That's uh, I, I <laughs> yeah. have no idea. I don't even know where I am at the at that time. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Today I've learned that I need to make a automated bread maker. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's right. I could send you the schematics. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. All right. Well, thank yeah. you very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's been great. <laughs> no, th- th- thanks so much for for coming on. This is uh, it was a great chat. Cheers. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Bye bye.